0: Welcome to Game Brain, a board game podcast about our gaming group. I am one of your hosts, Matthew Robinson. Tom is off this week teaching his family about the true meaning of Christmas. But today we are being joined by Mister Bah Humbug himself, the Grinch of board games, Paul, the Game Breakers to touch it. Paul, how do you feel about that intro?
1: I'm I'm feeling mildly aggressed right now. I I I, th- I think I think I'm being a I'm being, uh, I'm being... Gaslit, like, you know, I feel like you, um, <laughs> you,
0: but, but you're a lovable Grinch. And I mean, and you're you're like the Grinch after he's learned all his lessons.
1: Well, but we all remember. I, suppose, I mean, like the Grinch's heart grew three sizes larger, but we know that three times zero is. <laughs> wow. Um,
0: I'm just going to say, I think your mic might be a touch hot. So maybe just sit back just an inch. We're trying a new way of recording. Uh, we're using a new technology here. I'm hoping it works well. I think the audio quality is going to be fantastic, though. But Tom, really? who, is usually Tom? Has, Tom who usually has been your host for the last few months while I raise babies and uh, uh, live in quarantine, um, we have we are now alternating weeks. So Tom will take one week with one of the 10-11 uh, co-hosts that we have now. And then I will take the next week and on and on and on. So this is the first. Last week, Tom and I did it together. This week, it's just me with the wonderful Paul Satatchit. This is round eight, turn seven, and we are talking today about the 2020 release, Fort. And because it is Paul, our (laughs) member section today is about table image and player manipulation. How are you doing, Paul?
1: I am doing okay. Uh, Like, there was a little bit of a scare, like uh, air quality-wise in LA has been a little bad. Uh yes. me being a bit of a hypochondriac. Uh I was gonna oh no, shortness of breath. Oh no, I feel is there water in my lung? Do I have the COVID? Uh so I got a test yesterday and they did a nasal swab, which was unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. Uh but but people like, complain you know, about uh, this nasal swab back. a lot. Yeah, it, it's it's people
0: really don't not, like it. Admi- I've had three I've had three sinus surgeries. And I regularly have a camera shoved up my nose, so I've had the nasal swab done twice, and no issues. But that's because my the inside of my nose is a cave spelunked by by many tools and doctors over the years. So it's like yeah. it's just second nature to me to just have horrible things shoved up my
1: nose. Yeah, no, uh, it was it was not something that I. It, it's imagine being stabbed in the face. That's what I felt like. Wow, really. Wow, you're being stabbed in the face like i mean if you think about it like you know like I, no. I suppose like you don't really i don't really know where my brain starts and my nose ends and so when you stick something in you know it, it's it's a little uh if you're not accustomed to it if your nose isn't like you know carl's bad carl's bad caverns, caverns that was it yeah sure you know, if it isn't you sure. uh then you know it's uh it's uh, unnerving. Uh the test came back within like 12 hours. I am I'm clear, so I'm just you know, right. out of shape apparently.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh have a low threshold for pain apparently.
1: It, it I wouldn't say it was painful. It was just uncomfortable. You know, it was it was right. it, it, was a it, is, it is a
0: strange feeling. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So well, I'm glad you I'm are covid free. I also have had a test this week. I, I am covid free as oh. well. I I had to be tested for for work. Uh, and I'm good to go. Um, I'm also going on vacation next week. Oh yeah. We could, we could have just, we we could have played a board game today or something in person. We could
1: record this live actually.
0: I know we could have totally
1: recorded this live. Um, But but I am actually
0: quarantining. I am quarantining uh, for the next few days because my my wife and I are going on vacation with my mother and also uh, her two best friends. Um, So we've all decided to to test this week and quarantine and make sure we're all healthy before we get together. Um, And our vacation is literally just renting a house two hours away and driving there. Um, And then just staying in that house for a week. So that's what vacation is in 2020. But it sounds absolutely incredible to me to be able to just spend a week uh, with people other than my children and my wife, who will still be there. And I love them, Uh, but it will be nice to uh, have other people around. And I'm bringing an Ikea bag full of board games, and (laughs) I will pay people to play with me. (laughs) I, I am so jonesing to play board games in person. Will Fort be one of them? Um I'll bring fort for sure. Yeah. I mean Fort. I see like we'll talk about this in a review. I'm not sure fort shines it too. And I think most of my board gaming this week will be with a friend of the podcast Ben Hoyt who is coming. I think most of my board gaming will be with Ben this week. Although my wife has said she's excited to play some Wingspan, some Everdell and some stuff at night. And I I've, I've brought some some fun silly party games for all of us to play together. But I think the hardcore board gaming we'll be doing this week will be mostly two player and I'm definitely bringing Imperial Struggle with Ben. I'm going to look, man, I'm going to try. I'm going to try it, Don't Don't you dare crush my dreams, Paul. It's all I have.
1: Hey, I'm a Grinch, apparently. So, hey, this is on you. You brought it upon yourself. It's all I have, Paul. It's all yeah, I that's have. It's all
0: you have. That's right. Um. Cool. So, yeah, should we jump into the news? Let's do it. I'm trying to play the news music. There we go. <laughs> I hope I'm not too rusty at this after, oh, it's playing again, it's on a loop, literally talking about how I hope I'm not rusty, and there we go. Okay, getting used to my soundboard on this new thing, getting used to my soundboard. Let's talk about the news. First up in news this week, Vital Lacerda is back on Kickstarter, which is always big news for us. Uh, But this time, it's one of his lighter fare games. The game is called Mercado de Lisboa, and it basically takes one section of the game Lisboa, specifically the building section, and makes a whole game out of it. So if you remember Lisboa, it has this grid of buildings And, uh, you can build on certain sections of it and rows and columns, and then that triggers other things. Well, that's now an entire game in and of itself called Mercado de Lisboa. He didn't design it himself only. It is Vital Assurda along with Julian Pombo and Pedro Soto. It is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, it's got, by the time you hear this, it's got about 10 days left to go. Uh, it's not an expensive game like most, uh, vtol games you're looking at 100 maybe 120 this is 34 dollars plus shipping depending on where you are again a smaller lighter vtol fare but every vtol game is worth a look in my opinion um yeah paul did you check this one out
1: i have not but i'm not the uh Lacerda lover that like a lot of people in our group are mm. so like you know i i basically rely on you you know you debated him right as the greatest designer of our time
0: I did. doesn't mean that that's my opinion, but that was the, the, the role I was given.
1: That was the position. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I love uh, Lacerda's game. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where I I kind of ride the wake of people, like their wake of enthusiasm. And so, yeah, yeah I feel on. you. This is, this is how it'll be.
0: And and lighter Lacerda is not necessarily what I look for in Lacerda. Maybe not what I feel is his strongest suit. But, you know, once again, always worth a look. What, what, what us uh, no, like Lacerda. Um, like Escape Plan was kind of lighter. And then he, ah, he yeah, de- yeah. He designed a game with one of his kids, and I'm forgetting the name of right now. Maybe it's his only kid. I said one of his kids. I don't know how many kids he has. Um, they designed a game together that I remember reading the rules and going like, interesting, not for me. Um, but yeah, he's done a couple. He's he's dipped his toe into some lighter fare. I, I mean, you know, Escape Plan still not necessarily light, but comparatively, I think it is. Sure, sure. Um, next up, Horizon Dawn. Horizon zero Dawn. Sorry. Uh, And a fantastic video game. I loved that game. I played it on the PS4. It's now just arrived on PC. There is a board game version of it. We don't know much about it, but it is available for pre-order. It is a hundred dollars, which is quite a, quite a big ask for, um, an IP video game board game. Um, you can find it on store.steamforged.com. Uh, It is apparently shipping in October of 2020. It says October 16th. I feel like nothing ships when it says it will in the COVID world, but it's got some beautiful minis um, and we don't know a super big amount. It is a semi-cooperative game, as you would imagine, with a big box of minis, Uh, one to four players. And um, if you love that game like I do, it's definitely worth taking a look at. Uh, Just Google uh, Horizon Zero Dawn the Board Game and you'll find it or check this. Do you have it on pre-order? Uh, I do not. I do not. Uh, I feel like I have too many cooperative miniature games that I mm-hmm. already don't really want uh, to play. I mean, but that's that's a off. me thing. That's a me thing. Yep, I don't necessarily love the genre. Uh, next up, Tapestry Plans and Ploys, the first expansion for Tapestry. We talked about this in previous episodes, but it is available for pre-order. If that is something that you want. If you want to give it a whirl, go to Stonemaier Games right now, and uh, you get a $5 discount. Retail's $30. They're selling it for $25 plus shipping. Uh, if you are a champion uh, member of Stonemeyer, which is their sort of subscription service, you'll get free shipping, so $25. Bucks. And um, it ships sometime in September, so probably not long after you place your order. But it is available now, not sold out yet, as the time of recording. So go ahead and check that out if that is a game that you want to try. Uh, Tom, uh, Paul, you would you would you be interested in the tapestry expansion?
1: I personally am. Like, but I'm a person who I would describe it. Why as, does
0: everybody have to give
1: caveats for tapestry? Somebody many ta-
0: caveats. Well, I would, but I recognize it's crap. Everyone's got these caveats.
1: Like, uh, hey, it, I'm not saying that, but thank you for uh, finishing my sentence. Thank you. But I. But I.
0: But I'm like reading into your tone. Tell, uh, tell me what. Tell me your thoughts.
1: Well, I'm like I'm a person who really doesn't require the stringent. Like I'm willing to play for fun. Yeah. And I feel like ba- tapestry, balance
0: doesn't break a game for you.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, like I'm all about experience and I think tapestry gives an experience. I wouldn't say it's balanced. Like, you know, uh, I, I, it might for longevity. I hope that it becomes more so, but like, you know, but in the end, like I'm really interested in seeing how people uh, interact and how they uh, develop with a, a mechanism and a gameplay. And a yeah. game style. so I'm on the a meta. So, uh whereas i think a lot of our group basically goes and uh wants something that implies some longevity does that make sense
0: right everybody wants a game that they feel like they can beat make their game and play forever and master but the fact is we play every game about four times if we're lucky um so maybe the experience is is better than the longevity sometimes
1: yeah, um, and, and i could be wrong about when i say everyone i say i feel like our group as a whole tends to uh be one of like searching for a certain perfection when it comes yeah. to game design. And, and you know, I, I love that about our group.
0: totally uh, I, I, I do as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to try it. And I've also really haven't played with the newly balanced factions from the original. So I know uh, Jamie has done some work rebalancing the original uh, factions in the box. And I'm excited to give those a try. Um, Root has taken the digital board gaming world by storm. It is a fantastic fantastic implementation app available only on steam but it is now coming to itunes and google play meaning that you can <laughs> you can play it uh on your computer that i don't believe that means it's coming to ios itunes uh-huh. is different than ios i believe gotcha. um i am very excited for it to eventually come to ipad but as of right now they have announced that on September 24th that is coming to iTunes and Google play along with some new patches, some new fixes. Um, The solo clockwork opponents are coming soon. They have announced, which is exciting. Um, That's interesting because they already have an AI in there. So, but I, but maybe, I don't know, I guess, I guess it's a way of playing. I actually don't really, it's just a different version of their AI, I guess, based on the one that's, that's the solo mode that you can buy with the box um you can now look through the discard pile they're going to add that there's going to be an action loss log so you can see things that have happened you can shorten the battle animations which i would love because they are a little long um and there were some balance issues around how they were handling the field hospital for the cats um there was a pause in gameplay when a person had a card necessary to discard in order to uh, revive their dead cats, which kind of gave away what suit of cards they had in their hand. <laughs> um, and so they're they're working on a way to uh, deal with that because I know some people felt like that was slightly broken. I'm not totally sure what they can do to get rid of that um, other than always add a pause, but that's annoying because that would just sort of add a lot of time to the game. But we'll see we'll See what they're, they're working on it. They're listening to feedback and they're trying to improve it and it is widening its... Uh, reach of player base based on the platforms available, which is great because it is fantastic and worth a try if you at all even like root. Uh, and well, I, I know Paul likes root.
1: I, I think root is fun. Uh, I, I you you love root. You know, I, uh, I love it
0: conceptually, and and like I just want I, it's one of those games that I think we all have to play a ton in order to to make it worth the time.
1: Yeah, I feel that. Uh, do you remember the original Art to Glory to Rome? You know, yes, they had that. that, sure. that com- now I'm a very, I was a big fan of that art, but like uh, most people that I've that I'm around, love the you know the minimalist art that's there now. But yeah, I I feel like the black box edition,
0: mm-hmm. very and I think
1: rare. I think people for the way that I would say it see it is like I think for me, like the cartoonness of uh, Glory to Rome added to it because the game was so. Uh, but like for Root, I feel the cartoonish of it is actually hurting it from my experience. Uh, and, you you'd know, almost
0: rather be a little more hardcore and like wear its uh, its violence on its sleeve a
1: little more. Exactly, and, and, and I'm not exactly sure why. That, that, that's what's so funny. Like you know, if it were just a different theme, like you know, like you know, fantasy or like war, like you know, or whatever. Like I would, I think I would engage it in a way that uh, that it res- it deserves you know but like ultimately because of the cartoonness there's something about it that makes me just think of it as a filler and it's definitely not filler uh no. and so no, it, it, no. uh there i guess the word i would say is there's a dissidence in my uh connection to root um yeah i
0: i i can see that that makes sense to me and i I, I love the art, but I, I I my only thing would be I think it can pull in people who are expecting a different experience, and that mm-hmm. that wouldn't be a, an enjoyable experience when they realize sure. what it is. But um, but yeah, it's also I think you know that art has been a huge part of its success. Uh, oh, for, or for worse. Yeah. Um. Next up is a uh, game to Kickstarter uh, that I I've never heard of these uh, this publisher before. Cogito ergo meeple. All right. I think, therefore, I'm Meeple, I guess. Uh, (laughs) And uh, um, uh, they they had a game I had never heard of before uh, that was called... um, Oh, geez, hold on. I'm clicking on it right now. Uh, It was called Philosophia Dare to be Wise. Well, they have a new game now called Philosophia Floating World, and it is uh, touted as an epic sandbox adventure set in feudal Japan. Um, all of those things are interesting to me. And what is even more interesting is that is a fully simultaneous deck builder for one to six players. Uh, when I hear fully simultaneous, I hear real time. I mean, that sounds like real time to me. Um, this like, is a uh, sandbox style game. How you play is up to you. Explore the fascinating, beautiful world, build majestic pagodas and Shinto shrines, learn ancient Eastern wisdom, fight fearsome monsters. I mean, I'm kind of in for all that.
1: Uh, would simultaneous be Seven Wonders? Is that what you're thinking?
0: I guess. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, but that's like a, that's that's not deck building, that's card drafting, right? I mean, like, drafting is always sort of simultaneous to a certain, so um, it's worth looking into. Rado has a preview of it. Um, I just found out about this is when I was doing research for the news today. Um, There's still a month left on the Kickstarter, so there's time to check it out. Philosophia. So philosophy, but with an IA instead of a Y, and you'll find it. Philosophy of floating world. Um, not cheap. We're looking at 100 pounds for this sucker. Um, no, sorry. 100. Yeah. No, pounds. Yeah. Uh, not cheap. But go ahead and take a look at it if that sounds interesting. It definitely sounds ambitious. I'll say that. Um, next up in the news, Gloomhaven. When we're speaking of awesome digital implementations, we must mention the Gloomhaven implementation. Also exclusively on Steam at this point and exclusively in beta, uh, open beta. Their multiplayer co-op mode has hit. Uh, This is what people have been waiting for. Up until now, Gloomhaven has just been a solo play-by-yourself against the AI uh, game. And now you can do what you can do at the table, which is play Gloomhaven with your friends, online. It is an open beta, meaning that they're still tweaking it. They want you to try it and play around with it. Um, A little tip, if you want to get it to work, you can't just update it on Steam and play. You actually have to go into the properties of the file, go to the beta section and click that you want to opt in for the beta. And then it will automatically update for the latest multiplayer co-op mode. And you can try it. I have yet to try it. But I know David Gillison, friend of the podcast, is very excited to give it a whirl. And we're going to try it together. Um, This isn't the same Gloomhaven you buy at the store. Uh, Either Jaws Jaws of Lion or uh, the Big Box. This is a brand new, its own campaign that they've designed just for this. With all the familiar characters that you know. So it, it still has the same decks of cards for the characters. But a whole new adventure and campaign for them to be involved in. Which I think makes it... Otherwise, like, why, you know, it's like most people who would want to play Gloomhaven have played Gloomhaven or at least, you know, 10 or so scenarios of it. Nope. Um, but yeah, maybe we can give that a try. I would like to try it. It is always a fun game and more fun with people. Um, a couple of right games, <laughs> the right people. Absolutely. A couple games that I am very excited about that, um, have been, uh, hitting reviews this week. The first one is a game called cosmic frog. Paul, do you know anything about cosmic frog?
1: I don't. Uh, I think we're going to review. Uh, like we're talking. This was, this was on the news item earlier, and I.
0: Yeah, it was the game that I wanted to play with you as well. Yes, um, this is a it. game about two and a half mile tall frogs in uh, space um, conquering things. Uh,
1: I mean, that's that, that's right up my alley.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, it is. A nice collection. I've actually read the rules and and played around with it, but on tabletop simulator. There's an official mod for it on TS um, TTS. And uh, so the designer of Cosmic Frog is a guy named Jim Felly, who's sort of mostly known for making, uh, for lack of a better word, weird games. Um, he designed a game called Shadow of Malice that people really like. But the, these are games where if if you are highly concerned with a balanced asymmetrical, uh, fair, modern <laughs> Euro kind of experience, these might not be for you. These are more games with uh, where the uh, emergent stories and um, experience and RPG-ness of it mixed with modern board game uh, mechanisms is sort of what he's going for here. And, and I, I will just say so far, the reviews of Cosmic Frog are glowing. Glowing. Uh, you can only get Cosmic Frog as pre order th- a pre-order through Jim Felly's uh publishing company, which is called Devious Weasel Games. It ain't cheap. It's gonna cost you 75 bucks, but it is gorgeous. The, this is like he went above and beyond and made high component quality. Uh the map board is a big uh mouse pad material unroll out mat. It's got giant frog miniatures and the gameplay is really interesting and very puzzly and smart with very, I'm talking Dune levels of asymmetrical powers. Um, And I'm, I'm really excited to get this to the, to the table. I think, I think when I first read this rule book, I was like, this is a Paul game. This is a Paul game.
1: It sounds like what uh, someone described me as like a, a five ticket ride, you know? And I asked them like, well, what does that mean? He goes, well, like, you know. You go to like a fair or something and like would you pay one ticket to go on the, the Ferris wheel? Like, you know, uh you know, yeah, sure I'd pay one ticket to go that. Uh but like, you know, the death defying roller coaster, like, you know, it costs you five tickets. Uh, I mean like uh and not everyone's gonna pay that five tickets. Uh they would they would they ugh, I'm saying it wrong. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Realize.
0: I, I, yeah. I like it like not they used to call this like an e-ticket or like, a, you know, there was there was a word for that, like the expensive yeah. ticket.
1: Yeah, uh, basically, like, you know, the pe- not everyone's going to pay to go on the roller coaster, but those who will will pay five. And like yeah. not everyone's going to pay to play Cosmic Frog, <laughs> but those who will will spend 75 bucks. Um, so the
0: game, the full title of the game is Cosmic Frog World Eaters from Dimension Zero. You can check it out at deviousweasel.com. There are reviews everywhere for it starting to trickle in. And they are, I mean, they're not just positive. They are game of the year positive. They are, people are losing their minds a little bit about Cosmic Frog. So check it out. You can still pre-order it. It's apparently shipping at the end of this month or October. It ain't cheap. Check it out. Read the rulebook. Try it first on Tabletop Simulator for free. Um, But it's worth checking out. Another game that's starting to get reviews that I am very excited about. And I think Paul is going to be excited about when I tell him what it is. Um, Raiders of Scythia which is a new game from Shem Phillips, who we love for his uh, Architects of the West Kingdom and Paladins mm-hmm. and Raiders of the North Sea. This is a this is Raiders of the North Sea 2.0, uh, which we really enjoyed that app, right, Paul?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we had a, a great time playing it.
0: So this has that same mechanic of put a meeple down, take a meeple off, which I thought was really interesting and smart and gave some really cool decisions. And this is a slightly heavier tuned and modernized version of that game that game was great on its own but this is first of all the art is gorgeous and the theme is not vikings it's raiders of scythia so horse warriors which i'm always into horse warriors big uh, writer is a rohan fan um it looks beautiful uh it plays one to four same as pretty much all shem phillips games or Garfield games um and I'm really excited for this one. The The Dice Tower did a review of it. It's like, boom, incredible, basically replaces the old version. Um, I'm excited. And I, I really liked that game. And I, I was kind of like, if somebody had said, like I, like, I never bought that game. I liked it enough, but, like, this I'm buying. Because it's like, okay, it's that. But, like, that game was, like, slightly, maybe a touch too random for me. And maybe something that's, like i don't know i don't know i was close to buying it a few times but i was like do i really need this but but rages of Scythia, uh sort of pushed me over the edge
1: and no i i, I think i reviewed paladins you know uh on mm-hmm. an earlier podcast and it, it was one of those things where i think where our group landed was it's not for us as a whole generally but there definitely is a market for this type of game for people and i, I think I hope I hope that they uh continued that because I I feel like it's a great what, an entry point into the into our hobby. I I think that
0: Yeah, see totally. It. And they all play great solo and I like I, I I love the artwork. So Sam Phillips is the artist of all of these and uh oh no, no, not all of these. Sorry. He's only done Raiders and Circadians. Oh, so this is a different artist than their typical artist. Okay. Yeah, it, it looks a little different, but it it's still sort of in that wheelhouse. Um I really like the way this one looks.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. Um
0: yeah pretty cool um so anyway you can order pre-order that through garfield games i believe that also is shipping end of this month uh, beginning of next so those are all things that are coming soon and worth knowing about um i got things on my brain paul i bet you got things on your brain here is a theme song yeah. Thank you so much for that, Alfred Darlington, Daedalus. You know,
1: as I always on my episodes, I always say like, oh, you know, it's so interesting listening to these songs because I, I listen at times two. And I feel like this new remix is the song that I feel I lose the most at playing times two.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You got to You got to crank that back, baby. I mean, you might want to even go 0.5 on that and really like <laughs> dive into each note and That's right. you know, just, just try to really like see the things you've missed each time. There's always new things to
1: discover. That's right. The other layers of harmonics that you're like, oh, my God, you know, it's uh, it's there. Absolutely.
0: Uh, what do you got in your brain this week, Paul?
1: Let's see. Like, uh, I think my game on my brain is Santiago interesting Diagos, i'm sorry no uh, santorini sorry you know uh oh okay the uh,
0: uh the, the sort of 3d chess uh with asymmetrical a powers
1: yes uh let's see they have just like within the last two weeks or so released its version on uh board game arena and i started ah. playing it and it was uh it's really quick and so it's really tactical and if uh santorini is a great game just you know straight out like Playing it uh, virtually is very smooth and very fun. Uh, but what we've been doing, or like some of us have been doing, have been playing three-player Santorini. Which is, you know, the first thing they do is like, you know, you play three-player and it says, do not recommend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but what we found, or what I found, because I'm, I'm almost enjoying it more than at the two-player, is that... Once again, like it's not a balanced perspective. You know that all the gods are so asymmetrical. I don't
0: understand though. Like, you mean literally? Like, is it a team thing, or how does that work? No,
1: no. They, they, at four players, there's teams, but like at three players, it's like cutthroat. Like, you know, uh, you're trying to get to but the
0: board stays the same. It seems like it'd be really cramped.
1: It does get pretty cramped. It, it's but you know, it's it's pretty fun. You know, as far as a tactical challenge, yeah. and I feel like you know, like uh, with all the various gods and their powers and how uh each combination is so varied like n- you don't really get this uh how how i say it your experience grows a lot slower than other games so a newbie can Ooh. come in and still do pretty well because yeah. the combination of gods especially at 3 and different players is so what's the word i want to use um uh, i don't want to say random but like it's pretty uh yeah
0: and there's so many different ones too that oh, yeah. it would take like, like pretty- every time you play there's, there's like a new
1: one yeah and so uh, I've been playing with Mike Kananak and his kid, uh, friend of the pod. Mike kan- and so that's been fun. I've been playing with uh, David Gillison and Alfred, uh, and it, it's just been like, like Alfred. Like we first started the first week, uh, Alfred was like, "I don't know about this. Like, you know, I'm not very uh, uh, what you call it, uh, spatial person." Yeah. You know, he's definitely abstract, but he, he, he was he was worried that it was too spatial. And then the next, I, I disappear from Santorini for a week because I had some deadlines. I come back and Alfred is like, you know, this strong player. Like he's like, he's like rated like 270. Oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and, and I'm going like, what the hell just happened? And he goes, oh, well, you know, I thinking of it as like a, a spatial mate was not very good. But like if I thought of it as like Connect Four with powers, boom, it just opened up for him. And so he, he's he's like, he's the person to beat now. It, it's great. Uh, That's amazing and uh, so so yeah he, he got really quick you got uh,
0: some reps in for alfred and he just turns into a shark
1: man alfred is you know alfred is pretty like he'll put in the work <laughs> he'll yeah. put in the work i love it yeah no he's great
0: um i'm realizing right now because i'm a, a new i'm new to the podcasting game that i skipped game night so we're gonna fold game games on the brain and game night are pretty similar anyway so let's just let's just go ahead and that's enough I'm just bad at podcasting. It's going to take me a <laughs> while to get back to this. Um, but yeah, games on the brain and game night. Uh, do they really need to be separate sections? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fight the power, Matt. Fight the power. Yeah, like, you know, yeah.
0: Uh, this isn't my fault. I'm going right. I'm, I'm to take put the system on trial. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what I've played this week is not a lot of board games. Paul and I played Ford, of course. We've played a lot over the past month, um, but we did play. We got a two-player game in right before we recorded. Um, other than that, I have been playing, and this is also my game on the brain, which is why they go well together. Maybe they should forever go well together. Uh, Crusader Kings 3, which is the most... Oh, um, Paul, this is your dream game. This is a medieval evil simulator. So... Crusader Kings 3 is a video game by Paradox. Uh, The first two were very lauded. The second one was considered one of the greatest strategy games of all time. And the third one just came out this week. Um, They are very complicated strategy games wherein you take control of one leader of a feudal uh, section of of Europe or Asia or Africa. And you live multiple generations of that dynasty. and When I tell you it's an evil simulator, I'm not kidding. You can do anything. Like you can, you can. uh, Somebody had an example this week of something they did, which was um, their wife cheated on them with another man. So then he went and 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 had sex with a bunch of uh, prostitutes and got syphilis and gave it to his wife in order to murder the man that she was sleeping with, who was the Duke of another area. Then he died and conquered their lands. So this, um, this,
1: in, in real life, this is IRL, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but it, it is Game of Thrones without Game... I mean, what's funny is somebody actually made a Game of Thrones skin for Crusader Kings 2 that was wildly popular. Um, but it is so fun and RPG... It's like, it really is a wonderful combination of full RPG insanity with very complicated uh, mechanics. It is this is a 4.0 board game with crazy dripping theme. Um, And I I really recommend it to board gamers to at least watch some reviews and check it out, because it is very similar to playing a highly, highly complicated board game where there are rules and everything, but you are LARPing. And so one of my favorite things, though, is that you're born with traits. So everybody has like three traits. So you could be vindictive or loyal. Or um, uh, uh, you could be a sociopath. You, 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 you could have these different traits. And any time that you make a choice in the game that goes against your personality, you get stress. And if you get too much stress, you have a mental breakdown. And then you get negative traits. Um, but what's fun about that is it forces you to LARP. So like it forces you to to make game decisions based on your personality, which really puts you in the character's shoes. So it's like, you know what? I really want to conquer this land, but my character is, is, is a coward. So like, Oh man, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to, how am I going to survive, you know, a couple generations in my dynasty and not because the game only ends if you have no heir and you die. So like, it's really like the goal of the game is to like, just make sure you have a strong bloodline and an heir that survives as
1: long as possible. So its it, the game only ends for you if you have no errors. There's right, game or when be- you
0: hit a certain date. So it, you can start it in like 867 AD and it, there, the end, it will always end in like 1500 something. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But there's no winning it. It's just, can you survive to 1500? That's it. There's and, and it's just like the stories that you tell and the experiences you have during that.
1: It's like Jerry Seinfeld's uh, bit on scuba diving. Like it's a sport where you win if you don't die. Yeah, that,
0: that, that's it. That's it. Anyway, when, when, when there's not COVID or something, I would love you to come over and sit next to me while we play. Cause I just, I'm constantly doing things and I'm just like, Paul would be cracking up. <laughs> he would just, he like, the, I would love to just see the stuff your brain comes up with. Cause there's so much creativity in there of like, like literally anything you can think of, you can do like you, you, you anything. Yeah. It, just do anything you want. Like <laughs> it's a total like sandbox simulation of evil.
1: No, that that's uh, I, I love the fact that like you know the words that come out of your mouth describe me are things like villain and evil <laughs> and Grinch, <cringe. laughs> and, and that's just, that's not even in, in games. Yeah, <laughs> that's just in life.
0: Um. so yeah, since this is we're folding in game night to this. Uh, other than uh, Santorini, what have you been playing this week?
1: Like I played Marco Polo uh this week, and we'll talk about that uh that's really about it. Like Santorini, a lot of Santorini, like, you know, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago I played love letters with a uh, group of non gamers with, uh, and right, right, right. Yeah. And that was a real interesting experience. I, I might talk about that in my uh, segment, okay. but yeah. So.
0: Well, I'm, yeah, I'm mostly the games on my brain this week are the games that I'm hoping to play next week. I'm, I'm putting together a, a giant pile of games. Um, Oh, I played, uh, I I did play the solo mode of Pendulum, um, which I think we will review.
1: That's the the time? uh, Yes.
0: And the solo mode is uh, real time. There are timers going. And the the hard part about the solo mode is that you have to do the AI as well. So every time you take a turn, the AI has to take a turn. And so that slows you down from being able to do everything you want as the timers go. Um, it's interesting. I, I, I don't know if I love Pendulum yet. Um, I'm excited to play it with uh w- with this week, if I can. I th- it might not be my wife's jam. I, it's, it, but, um, but Maybe Ben's. Maybe Ben's. We'll see. Uh, it's oh, definitely uh, interesting. It's definitely like, oh, I've never played anything like this before.
1: Sure. Like Dimitri uh, was a fan of it. Dimitri and Jennifer.
0: That's right. They did play it together. Yeah. yeah it's uh, definitely like an interesting, like if you like, like a real time worker placement game, like uh, that just sounds fun. I've never tried that before.
1: Well, uh, oh, actually, I also played Arkwright the card game. Uh, uh, I played. I played it last night. That's yes, right. like at you it. Know, like so, uh, uh, on
0: Kickstarter right now, not available, but they they've made it available to try before you buy.
1: Yeah, like you know, it's like Ben has been trying to get it to the table. Uh, I think for a month, like you know, that like there would be people who go, "Hey, I want to play Arkwright." Our our group tends to be a little. Uh, Lead footed when it comes to Arkwright, uh, but mm-hmm. this is a card game, and uh, and so with me, Ben, and Elder. And right, give,
0: me, uh, give me your give me your ten penny review.
1: Ten pennies, like you know, like uh, with one game, with one play, I feel like I enjoyed this more than Arkwright. Uh, and, I, and I and and there was a point where I really, really got into Arkwright, as far as like yeah, I, I went sense. home. And I made an Excel spreadsheet, and I go, <laughs> this, 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 this is the path to maximize my output, and, and I just drew it out, and and like I, I created formulas, so this costs this much, and blah, blah, blah. and so, and after I did that, I was like, I'm done. You know, I, I played it with that strategy, and like for the most part, it worked, and it was, it was pretty dominant, and I think everyone just had to adopt a similar strategy. Uh, but with the card game, uh, I feel like. What it does, is it it takes an hour off art 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 right, you know, like it. And at that level, you're like, okay, here are some things that like are it just felt better, like you know, it didn't feel as oppressive. Yeah. And so I, I would I definitely try it again. You know, I, how I long it was,
0: did it take? with three.
1: We taught for about an hour and twenty. So we started at seven and we ended at eleven. Uh, and and, and not to throw stones, but we had elders, so it was a little long. love yelder uh but like uh but you know but i think you could probably you know if you knew what you're doing you could probably get done in two two and a half how long was the teach hour and a half that's a big teach i don't i mean i think ultimately uh it didn't need to be that long i just think that like it took for some reason i like completely jettisoned everything i knew about arkwright and so i was learning from scratch and then i just had to like relearn and then i would start having flashbacks of what arkwright was and then i go and then i'm going like and now the two are interfering so i'm asking ben a bunch of questions it it, it was me you know i i was causing problems it wasn't you know maybe an hour teach would be a a normal thing
0: all right well to to still enjoy a game after an hour and a half teach is a very good sign
1: yeah no I, I, i i at no point is this a recommend i just said that i'm just saying that i had a good time playing Well, good to know. Um, That's all the games on
0: my brain. You got anything else? No, no, no.
1: I think I'm good. Uh, Now, aside from, like, you know, wanting to, I'm going to research Crusader King now.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it it needs kind of a beefy PC, unfortunately, Um, but it is on Mac and PC. But, yeah, you need a really beefy Mac to play it because, you know, Macs suck at games.
1: I guess Um, my question for, like, the syphilis attack is, uh, like, now that he has syphilis, you know, does he die?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but but not first. <laughs> so, uh, so, but but uh, if you die, it doesn't matter. You just have to make oh, sure you don't have an heir. If you have an heir, so. you're good to go.
1: So I, I suppose I suppose he had a, a better constitution role or something. Roll yeah, <laughs> with exactly. advantage,
0: or, or just a stronger heir. Yes, okay. Um, and also, like, every religion... We're still going to talk about Crusader games. Every religion is in the game, so you could be... And all the religions force you to d- play differently. Like, the pagans play very differently than the Christians, and the Asutrans play differently. And it's just... There's so much going on.
1: It's- how uh, how many players does it play?
0: Oh, it's it's a solo game. It's, huh. you, it's, a bit, it's like, you know... I mean, there is a multiplayer. I don't think there are many crusader king multiplayer fans but at least for maybe crusader kings 3 is better I, I feel like most people played it as like versus the ai kind of thing
1: gotcha um, gotcha
0: but no you definitely you there definitely is a multiplayer side to it it's just I, I think it's not really what it's known for maybe i'm wrong cool um all right update on the 8x8 challenge moving on we did, game we did review it. <laughs> <laughs> dimitri says we're done we're done uh shall we move on to our review
1: paul let's do it fort
0: fort Woo! The 2020 release from Leader Games, the maker of Root, which we talked about a lot today. The designer is Grant Rodiak. Artist is Kyle Farron. Fort is a two-to-four-player card game about building forts and following friends. In Fort, you're a kid. And like many kids, you want to grow your circle of friends, collect pizza and toys, and build the coolest fort. By doing the cool stuff, you'll score victory points. And at the end of the game, the player with the most victory points wins. Your cards not only let you take actions on your own turn, but also let you follow the other players' actions on their turns. Will you devote yourself to your own posse or copy what the other kids are doing? But be careful, as your carefully constructed deck might start losing cards if you don't actually use them. After all, if you don't play with your friends, why should they hang out with you anymore? (gasps) Of course, was the uh, publisher's own explanation of the game, but you want to hear from us. Paul, tell us about Fort. What does it feel like to play? How does it play? What the heck is it?
1: Okay, so I I feel like it's a I feel like if you've played games uh you've played this game, it just has some very interesting uh wrinkles in it. Deck builders you mean? Exactly, yes. Uh and so basically you have you have your deck, you build your deck like you you draft in the beginning. And then uh there are various there're four or five five different suits, I guess. Four
0: like, you know, uh, there's No, there's six suits in the game and four with matching playable mildly asymmetrical uh factions
1: and so ultimately what comes what happens is like uh you play a suit uh a card uh, and the card generally has a public action and a private action uh you can play your uh public action and if there's a multiplier you can add as many multipliers as you have of that suit of card and then everyone gets to follow uh, a a one a one shot if they have if they play that suit, and then there's a private action where you have the option to do it uh, or not, or and, and vice versa. Basically, you play a card. You have to play a private or a public. You can play both, uh, and the people and your opponents can only uh, follow the, the public. The real clever thing, I think, about uh, uh, what you call it the fort is that all the other cards you have in your hand which is a hand of five that aren't that suit uh are now up for grabs by your other uh you know other opponents but like just to rewind like basically you're trying to build your fort if you you start at a level zero fort you're going to try to get to level five fort or trying to get victory points and your various cards builds you makes you get various engines in order to either get points or materials. And that's a person who gets to the five level fort, uh, first ends the game gets a little macaroni trophy. That's worth four, four points, right, Matt, four points. Uh, yep. You get an
0: extra bonus. If you are the first to complete your level five fort, yep. Four points macaroni sculpture.
1: Yep. And then everyone finishes out the turn and then you just, uh, do very various end game conditions and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, that's, pretty much it.
0: Yeah. But, so let's, let's, let's briefly highlight what makes this different from most deck building games. Cause this, this is a deck building game. It, it yep. follows all of the tropes of deck building game. You draw five cards, uh, you, you know, dump those, you draw your next five, you reshuffle your deck, you add new cards in, but it adds a few wrinkles in that. I think, uh, when I first heard about it made me excited. So and Paul briefly touched on this, but most deck builders, you draw your hand, You dump them on the table and you do them all. All right. I'm okay. First, I'm going to draw this card. I'm going to buy a card from the market. I'm going to do this In, in Fort. You play one card. You pick one card. And then there, if it, if you have matching suited cards in your hand, you can boost it potentially if it has the boost symbol on it. Otherwise you're playing one card in your hand and all the cards you didn't play now go in front of you to what's called your yard and can be stolen by the other players. You get them back if, your turn, if it comes back around to your turn and they survive. Otherwise, they are on the auction block. And uh, that's a really cool decision because you may have a lot of good cards in your deck, but if you get them all at once, you can only play disaster. one. A disaster. So like all your combos start falling apart. And, and, and this is definitely a game of trying to put some combos together. Um, and it's a race game. There are three ways the game ends. One is the first person to reach level five of their fort uh, gets to uh, then the round ends at the end of that round. Uh, When the deck of kids, which is sort of the draw deck that uh, you're uh, taking cards from, uh, goes empty, the game ends at the end of that round. Or when one player hits 25 victory points of in-game score, the game ends at the end of that round. So you're always sort of racing one of those conditions. and there are, there are definitely a lot of paths to victory. When we first played this, it felt like, okay, first to level five, fort wins. Um, and that is how beginners learn. That is how beginners play. You, you you raise your fort by playing the fort symbol on a card. So somebody has to play a card. And if it's a public action, everybody can follow and raise the level of their fort. If it's a private action, which are very valuable in this game, only you get to raise your fort that turn. Um, so in the first few games we played, it's just get the resources you need, level up your fort, first to do it wins. But then you start playing a little more and you start finding a lot of cards in the game that give you in-game scoring. And while other people are focusing on your fort, if you're slowly creeping up on the victory track, you can A, end the game if you're the first to 25 before anybody's finished their fort, or just have more points than they would have gotten from their fort. Or you've done three levels of your fort and gotten 20 points, and they've done five levels of their fort and gotten four points, and you win. Um, So it... There are a lot of different paths to victory in this. It feels like the more we play, it's one of those games that like has the same root problem, and, and it's, uh, I don't know if it's a problem, but but exactly what Paul was saying, which is that this is not a light game. Um, Grant Rodiak, uh, the designer, is most known for a game called Cry Havoc, which was a a fun medium weight uh, asymmetrical uh, dudes on a map game, people on a map game um, that I liked, um, and I actually really liked. I had the expansion for it. Do you remember that one, Paul? I do. Um, we played a lot of it. Um, I, I know the designer gets annoyed when people uh, say it was imbalanced. Um, I felt it was imbalanced <laughs> to the point uh, where, um, yeah, it just wasn't for me. But I really loved the mechanics in it. It had a really cool area majority and the battle system was great. Like, it was, I was like, okay, I will check out everything this designer does. Um, and he had also done a game called SBQR, which is what uh, Fort is sort of a refinement and reskinning of. Mm um but it has been reskinned with the same i believe it's the same artist who uh who did oath and root this really fun sort of 1970s schoolhouse rock kind of vibe um and this is not a kids game even though it's about kids this this to me is i would never play this game with casual gamers i i think it's a teach i think beyond that it's a game that like it really takes like five to ten plays of it i feel to sort of like get it um to really grok the strategy what do you think about that paul
1: i think uh i think you're right i i would say root has more of a dissidence for me than than fort you know i think fort like you know uh it does look very uh cartoony uh but it all works thematically uh, because they're kids building forts and uh, and there is a little cutthroatness about it like the, the, the real cutthroatness is basically you can lose some of your best kids, you know because you had to play a different card and I think that's what I love the most about the game is that that theme it's so connected yeah if you don't play with your friends, they leave you yeah and, and maybe other people will want to play with your friends I mean I think that's so as, as silly as that sounds it, it sounds it's so true. To life, and it works so well in the mechanic as far as the, the way it is uh, rendered. And, and uh,
0: every every deck starts with two cards, and those are those have stars on them, and those are your best friends. And you can and never they'll never lose, leave you. you can never lose your best friends, but you can remove awesome. them from your deck on purpose, which is always thematically funny. I'm just like now, nah, I'm getting rid of my best friends here.
1: Don't need them. Yeah, I mean, I back. think I think the way to play uh, this game is to play with it. As a is a stabby game with a wink, you know, like you know, it's it's a little bit, it's fun. Uh, the theme and it's a little sinister, like you know, uh, when you first play, as Matt was saying, like I feel like there's a dominant strategy that most deck builders will come up with. They'll, they'll just you know, they'll just come up with that, and then as you play more, there's more finesse, you know. Totally. I, and I think I think that's what I like about the game, like because after like we we played three days in a row like I mean, we played a lot real quick and we were we were like you know this is not working there are these uh special cards that if you get and that you get them the right time you're just gonna win that that was what our, our our meta was and then and then we we played four player and we kind of just like with someone it wasn't me like someone kind of went a different way i think it might have been trey like you know he he decided like you know i'm going i'm going to uh Try like a a point engine uh, path, and it worked. And it it was it was it was very interesting to see because like it to us like, like to me, it was so clear that the game was going to be this one dominant strategy. And then with just a little subtlety, it became something else.
0: Yeah, I f- I feel like this might be a hallmark of the designer. I feel like Grant Rodiak has a tendency to design games that players feel are broken after one or two games. And then after five or six are like, oh, wait, maybe there's a little more going on here than I thought. I mean, that's, I think that was happening with Cry uh, Havoc. And I I definitely had that feeling too, because two things we didn't talk about. So as you raise your fort level up, uh, you get some powers. The first time you raise it up, you get what's called a made up rule, which is a secret end game victory condition for you. Uh, Or sorry, end game uh, victory point uh, Scorer for you so but the first one in gets to see the whole deck so there's always i think players plus one uh that are uh, randomly drawn from a deck of like 10 or so of these um and you get to see them all if you're the first one in and you pick one and so you'll also know what everybody else has which is interesting um and i'm gonna sneeze am i gonna sneeze nope i think i'm good um so you'll know what everybody else has as their hidden endgame victory. And some of them are like, you get one point for every copy of, of, you know, a crown suit, or if you have the most cards, you get eight points, or if you have the least card, things like that. So it's something that you're shooting for, but being the first one in is pretty big. Cause you, you get to pick the best one and they're, they're not totally balanced, which is why it's important to race and get in there first sometimes. Um, but they're all achievable. So even if you're the last one in, it, it, you know you, you you get it quickly because it's your first level of fort. So you want to level up your fort really quickly, which is very cheap to do early on, and and get your thing so you can start you know hitting it for as many points as you can by the end of the game. But then when you get to level two, you choose a perk. And at the start of the game, there are perks laid out from a deck. And it's, I think, the same. It's uh, players plus one. And so everybody sees those. And those are also imbalanced on purpose. And I think in, in a fun way. So it's like, uh-oh. Uh, sticky fingers is out there, which is a very strong perk that allows you to add things to your backpack from the supply instead of from your personal, uh, uh, collection of uh, stuff. And if everybody sees that out there, well, now the race is on to get to level two from your fort, Cause only one person's going to get that and everybody else is going to get the other ones there. Um, so I think those really make the game interesting and add by, you know, by the time everybody's Ford is at level two, um, the game is pretty, uh, asymmetrical. And also by that point, your, your, your deck is very different too, because at the end of every one of your turns, you must add one card to your deck. So you're always adding cards to your deck, but remember, you're also always, for the most part, losing cards from your deck too, because people are stealing them from your yard when you didn't play them. So. You can't. It's not one of those deck building games where you, you lock in your combo and you go, all right, I'm just going to bang on this forever because it is very hard to keep your combo going for more than one or two turns. It's much more about how am I going to make sure that I have a good balance of cards in my deck so that I'm always following everybody else's actions. Because if your whole deck is all one suit and nobody else is playing that suit, you're never going to follow anybody unless you get one of your cards with a wild symbol on it. Um, so being able to follow actions, like in any game action economy is, is wildly important and being able to have as many actions as possible is usually what's going to win you the game. So making sure that you're always tweaking your deck to me is a, is an interesting experience that I don't think I've ever seen in a deck builder before, where it's just hmm, about yeah. very highly tactical, highly tactical, constantly evolving your deck to adapt to the situation, to take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, there are a lot of pluses to it, uh, the game. I, I, I think they're, uh, the way that I would put it for myself, like, I would not like to play this game if everyone was AP about it. Mm, you know, I, okay. I, I think, I think for me, like, the way that I see this game, it's a game that has a lot of like subtlety and intrigue, not intrigue, not the right word, but, but a little subtlety and, v- ways to finesse the game and to counteract like various other strategies but only at the endurance of like an hour like you know the game is about an hour long maybe 45 if people play fast. yeah
0: this is not your whole game night unless you're playing it twice this
1: is this is what we call a super filler sure uh, exactly and i think at that time you're kind of like playing with the way I would say is 75% of your brain power. Like, you know, you're just kind of like, like, oh, we're talking, we're playing. And there are a, a lot of sneaky things that you can do. Uh, and that's fun. If you were to dedicate this, uh, your whole brain to it and go like, oh, I've got focus. I got to win. I got to, you know, maximize, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to give myself all the time to do that. I think you're going to find that it's not as rewarding as you would hope. Partly because a lot of it is so luck dependent. You know well,
0: let's let's talk about that. What are the factors of randomness in this game?
1: Well uh ultimately you can draft uh you you have your deck come yeah, out Tell and me how the
0: draft works at the beginning so, of know, the game.
1: You you have your two friends, you know uh you get eight cards, you pick a card, pass, pick a card, pass, pick up our card pass. You know, just normal drafting. Uh so you have
0: ten cards. Yep.
1: You you shuffle, you draw five. The problem with that is like you might have gotten like three like killer cards that are like essential to your your combo uh to your whole strategy or whatever and now you have to lose two of them because they're of different suits.
0: yeah first first round first hand all three are in your hand damn
1: and 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 what happens there is like it's worse than you not getting access to them it's like now you're going to give them to your other opponent. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, and, now you've just given somebody dot, maybe the strongest card in the game.
1: Exactly. And and what happens there is like you're like, oh, rather than like move forward, I just dug myself into a hole, and just because I was first. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And, and so uh, like that's happened to me several times, and I'm going like, okay, well you know, you can recover. Like like we would just play a two player, and that happened to me. Uh, and I, I was competitive, but like it was like, oh man, this sucks. And I think if you go into the game going like, oh, sometimes you're just gonna get punched in the face by by fate, and just roll with it and know that everyone's gonna get that punch. Probably you'll be fine. But I think like, but, but I think in the end, if you're a person who wants a certain amount of uh, influence in the game and control, like it might not give you. It might not be worth the hundred percent of your brain power to play. That's that's my way. I, I would say it
0: right. So this is one of those games where the best player won't always win. I mean, if somebody's played ten times and somebody's played one, I'd say the player who's played ten times will win every time. Um, but if everybody's played ten times, I, I I think it can be a little swingy. Just just as any deck builder can, though. Not not for any reason outside of a deck build. I mean, it's just if if you constantly draw your combo and I don't purely bu- based on the randomness of the draw then yeah you're gonna win um but do, do you think do, what do you think about the decision space
1: i mean i really like the decision space uh, i like the uh the thought process of like oh uh do i play this card because it has a public action and other people might follow and that's going to really help them or i play this less optimal card which only has a private action which i can only do but it doesn't help as much you know like so like that kind of i i like games that require you to take uh other people's board state in mind yeah. and i think this this definitely does that like a uh, uh so all the decisions are interesting they're they're crunchy and they can be like heartbreaking but they're not so much so that you wind up feeling like this game is punishing right so
0: so i think some of the, the one, one of the big bonuses here or two of them to me is this is a small box mm-hmm. this is something you can bring with you throw in your backpack um the component quality is gorgeous if you uh, like we've been only played on tabletop simulator i ha i bought the game i have not played it i mean i've 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 probably played it 10 to 15 times now on, on tabletop simulator um there is an official uh a version of it on tabletop simulator from leader games that's fantastic one of the better mods i've ever played um and but the the actual physical game is beautiful with triple layer boards that hold all the pieces and the components are great and the card quality is fantastic of course i sleeved it regardless um the box is beautiful i mean if this is on a table it draws people in it's a gorgeous game it's also 30 bucks that's really cheap for a 2020 board game. Um and because it's 30 bucks regular retail, you can find it for 20 24 dollars online right now. Um it ships this month, so it's a pre-order still, but it it'll ship sometime in the next couple of weeks. That's really cheap. That's a lot of game for 24 dollars, I think.
1: Yeah, totally. You know, I I I think I think it's worth it. Like, you know, like if you were going like, "Oh, uh, I don't know about this game. 20 bucks, 24 bucks." You'll know. You know and, yeah. and, and 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 even if you don't like it, you'll go like, "Oh, I see why and, and you won't feel like you spent ninety bucks on on something and you go, "Oh, that was a waste, uh, yeah.
0: And, and and one of the things I think is really like to me, this is what I think I even said it to you guys when we were talking about it. I like, I really want to play this live because to me, this is like it, it has the feel of a card game. Sure. Like it has the feel of playing hearts with your friends or poker or like it. Like Paul said, 75 percent of your brain. But you guys can talk. You can chat. You're laughing. Oh, man, look, Moose is available in his yard. Like, oh, you had to give up Moose like. There's there's joviality here. There's there's a little bit of uh, trash talking. It's fun. It has the feel of sitting around a card table playing a card game, which I think is rare that yeah. many board games get. There's suits. It has all the. It, it really sort of makes me feel like I'm sitting around a table with my buddies playing hearts or something. It has
1: that vibe. I, I think you hit the, uh, the nail on the head there. I think like uh, yeah, it, it promotes a certain feel that. I think you know for a super super filler. I think it's great. Like you, you could play this at the end of a a game night. You know, you got an hour, and it'll just be fun. Like everyone's a little punch drunk, you know, and playing this. I, I think it would be tons of fun. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's 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 its space. Like you know, it's it's not there to replace, uh, you know, Gaia Project or whatever. It's it's there to, like, be the frosting on a on a game night. I think
0: totally um and 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 like i i'd throw it in my bag and bring it to a restaurant with some friends you know like i I think it's totally it's got that bar game kind of vibe a little bit um and it's yeah i don't know it's relaxing somehow and and i think it will it will facilitate memories like which is a theme that we've had paul talk about before um that you will create a meta there will be jokes about certain kids being OP or, or kids that everybody hates that nobody wants to play with. Um, you, will, you will start the game out thinking Dot's the best card in the game, uh, and then Moose becomes the best card in the game, and then every game somebody finds a way, and now it's the one that scores one point for everything in my backpack, and that's crazy. Everybody's chasing that card. So uh, it, I think a fun meta evolves the more you play it and people try different strategies. Absolutely.
1: So, um, recommend. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. This is a recommend. I, I, I feel like at the price and uh, Leader Games is fantastic. I really, I, I like supporting everything they do. I, I like uh, their ethos as a company, and I like their design space. I'm really looking forward to Oath. Um, and yeah, I think Fort is a great addition to their stable as as a uh, a thinky super filler um, with some uh, with a really fun, interesting theme. And some beautiful components and a meaty decision space that um, really requires five to ten games, I think, before you're actually playing root and I mean, sorry, playing fort and not playing, um, you know, the race game to be the first to build a level five fort, which is I think everybody's first couple games. And that's n- not really an interesting game to me. It's the it's when it's when the other strategies start coming out that you realize that fort um, is is potentially a worthwhile game for your time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, ultimately, like you know like I, I would say that uh this game could be overlooked if you're not looking for the the funner game you know like you you can break this game quickly in the and be wrong you know uh, but you go like oh here's the here, here's the dominant, and we're done uh I didn't need to play that, but like you know if you gave it gave it time, you'd be able to find other things
0: absolutely. Um, that's a review for Fort. Shall we move Fort? on Woo! to the uh, the player segment? I'm going to play our little sting here as we transition. Oh, we have sting. Ah, welcome. Ah. Paul, tell us what we're going to be talking about today in the member segment.
1: Well, today I decided, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, what we should talk about. And I basically listened uh, again to the Black Angel episode uh, with you and Alfred. And uh, it was about sniveling. And I go like, oh, well, you know, uh, that fits in my broader scope of uh, player manipulation. So I thought it might be interesting to have a, a bit of a discussion about how we as board gamers like, wind up influencing and, for all of it, manipulating each other in order to get our win or our our purposes. I love it. How Can that you, you Matt?
0: <laughs> that sounds beautiful. Um, can you, what if I was like, nah, let's come up with something else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can, can you remind the listeners who may have not heard that episode what, sn- what the Sniveller is?
1: Yes, the Sniveller is uh, a character in a beautiful board game called Cosmic Encounters. And the sniveler, like Cosmic Encounters is an asymmetric uh, game. And basically all you really need to know is like uh, every, every race has a power. And the sniveller is the one who basically says if you're this person and you're behind in anything, you can whine about it. And everyone either has to give you the thing that they that you want or they have to reduce what they have in order to make it fair, quote, you know, <laughs> fair to you. And right. so, like, it's, you know, it sounds like it's awful because it is awful. <laughs> but, you know, but it's as, as if you go back to the episode, like, you know, it happens in all games, you know, like, a, a game groups, particularly, you know, like, ultimately, we are not robots, we are not AIs, we're not playing against we're playing against people. And the interaction is part of the gameplay. It's, it's actually, you know, in your in board gaming is part of the strategy, whether you choose to accept it or not. The, the way I say it, it's like, you're always influencing other people by mm-hmm. your behavior. Uh, yeah, body language, you, sighing, it, it, yeah, absolutely. all of it, and and you you can choose to either be in control of it or or not, uh, and you can choose to either be controlled by it in others or not. And so I thought, like, hey, you know, uh, let's have a little uh, discussion about it because you know, the, it interests me. Uh, so the way I describe the way I would define like manipulation uh, in board gaming is basically. Manip- manipulation is any action or behaviors that you take that wouldn't affect an AI yeah you know? sure. so like so All right so, so, so basically, if you're playing against a robot, you're playing a chess computer, it doesn't matter your body language, it doesn't matter, your pleading, it's just going to move. it's going to do it's going to do its engine calculus and say, "This is my best move, boom, I'm done uh, and And humans are not quite that way. And, like, uh, for our purposes, you know, I, I kind of broke it up into three main uh, schools of, uh, of manipulation. Uh, and not to be, like, confused with, like, wizarding schools or something like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and, and there's overlap. First. That's right. That's right. Uh, and, and there's overlap. But, like, I would say there, uh, there is the snivel. Uh, there is the threatening. And then there is the negotiation. And the sniveling that the subtext of sniveling is like, if you do this, you're going to hurt me. <laughs> and so and so that, you know, puts a burden on the uh, uh, the person moving. Uh, the threatener goes like, you know, if you do this, I'll hurt you. Yeah. You know, uh, there, will be, and th-
0: there will be ramifications
1: for this. Time. Exactly. Uh, and the negotiator or the negotiation is like, if you do this, you could do this. You'll, <laughs> y- you'll gain. You know, like there, there's so one appeals to your sense of compassion. The other uh, appeals to your sense of fear. And what I want to talk about, the negotiation uh, appeals to your sense of gain or, as I like to call greed. Ooh. So, so, you know, so uh, and, you know, this is not, you know, a new territory. I mean, I've, I I, as I was coming up with this, I go like, huh, I wonder if anyone's talked about this in board games. And like it turns out like the shut up and sit, uh, sit down, uh, shut up right? 19. 19- you got it. Uh, uh, there was a panel about the, uh, about this, like, you know, and it was called mind games and it's a very great panel. Uh, and so like, if you, you know, you should listen to it, if, if you, if you're interested in it, uh, but like, you know, for, and there are a lot of ways to influence people. Like Tom will call this soft skills. You know, he loves using the word, Oh, my soft skills are blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why do you give him a Southern accent there?
1: I I don't know. I know it's just the way that because like the South, you know, i I, that's right. I think the South might have like, you know, a bunch of soft skills requirement. But I I, like for me, like, you know, you have this idea of here is what you want someone to do. And the way that you deliver this information may impact or can impact like, you know, whether they choose to do it or not yeah right I mean so basically you are you can control how the message is given in in the and it's you know and if it's geared in the right way, you could get people to do things that are really against their own interests in the board game, and it's not necessarily just a matter of like oh, I'm a better board gamer, it's just that like you know we're the same board level of, of of tactician or, uh, strat- stratician <laughs> or uh, stratician. St- okay. Sure. That, that, that's a good word. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but like the, the pouring of the poison or butter in the ear, like really can affect, the, you know, I, I I just feel like, you know, so, uh, what I've come up with and I, and you know, you stop me if like, this should not be new to people. Yeah. Uh, like, the, like you, I think, you know, this on some level, like everything, everyone knows is dealing with humans on some level, but you know, it's just, maybe you haven't thought about it in this particular way.
0: And, and do you, do you think everybody picks one of these three, or do you think that this is a toolkit that most people use depending on the situation?
1: Like, like for your school, school of manipulation, I feel like, uh, it's a, it's a pro- portfolio. Like some people like, uh, some people like Tom would heavily lean towards uh, negotiation. He is going to really like lend himself to um, this idea of like, oh, hey, if you do this, you're going to you're going to gain. I'm going to win. But you, you're going to gain. You know, I, I'm actually one of the bigger threateners of our group because, you know, there's this aspect of like, oh, if Paul, if I do this, Paul's going to, you know, attack me here. And like, ah, you know, like that, that, that fear of, of me, like blowing up their game, like is something, uh, it, it's a, it's a factor to be, you know, considered. Right. And, you know, and, and we've talked about sniveling. There are like a lot, of, a lot of people have strong snivel games in our game, in our group. Like we're, we're a good bunch of snivelers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And and but, but, we don't shame it either and it's not mean it's like it's oh, no. uh, it's a totally valid form of the game it's 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 it's, it's a mechanic in every game
1: yeah but, it's, like uh, you know,
0: in the rules or not
1: like i tell my wife that i have no problem if she manipulates me and because manipulating at its core means handle skillfully what i really have issue with is if she handles me unskillfully like you don't want to know you're being manipulated. Absolutely. Like, and, and I think, I think most people are that way. Like, like for all of it, you know, you go to uh Best Buy, you're looking at a TV. This guy comes up to you or, uh, and says, Hey, uh, you might need any help with this TV. And most people immediately shum down, boom, I'm just browsing, blah, 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 blah. And part of the reason is like, I don't want to be bothered, but there's another part for some people where it goes like, Oh, you know, I don't. I need to put up this barrier, or they might convince me to buy a TV. Right, and they co- might, yeah, they might use their soft skills on me. Because here's here's the the dirty secret. Like you know, people love being convinced. They love they love it. It's it's it, it, it's this, it's this uh, aspect of our human nature that like we crave like you know security, and someone drawing out this narrative of like oh here is this great tv blah 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 it it goes like oh i can see this world uh this world is contrary to the chaos that i live in this is this feels safe it feels good and now you have a you know a new car or you know more insurance on you know your your vespa or something i I don't know like you know but but that's that's what's being uh hacked in some ways like you know uh, because we as humans want to feel safe and i think like you know the, the, there are three ways that i've i've i have i have i am going to talk about that people tend to do this you know pour, pour that poison uh and so for all you sith lords out there like you know uh take notes and for or all slytherin, of you who, or slytherin or slytherin yeah uh and for those of you who find this appalling just know that you know people are doing this consciously or unconsciously and we, we maybe, only
0: recommend this in a safe space with with people <laughs> that you love
1: I would also say like people who are have doing it.
0: Well sure, but but if you're gonna do it uh yeah. mask off, <laughs> that's uh, right. make sure that everyone has consented to this style of, of gameplay and that yes. there is there is it is it
1: is adding to the fun and not detracting from that, it. That that's absolutely true, and, and I'll talk about that as well. But like the three th- the three things, and these are very simple sounding, is sound authoritative, sound trustworthy. And build consensus. You know, like these three things, they go like, oh, well, that, that, that sounds stupid, Paul. Like, you know, you would be surprised. <laughs> like for, for sounding authoritative, like people are, once again, always afraid. Uh, and so having someone say, hey, you should do this in an authoritative way makes you feel safe. Because, oh, well, this is, what, you know. So one thing you can do is slow down your speech. You know, uh, another thing you could do is speed up your speech like both things can work like you you see people like you know uh let's take Ben Shapiro you know uh the comment youtube commentator guy, guy right the conservative dude like he speaks really fast and you don't have most people don't have the wherewithal to to uh what you call it uh, uh integrate and uh engage on all the things he's saying so quickly so fast in a prolonged amount of time and so a lot of people will go like oh you're
0: saying that people who um
1: believe ben shapiro are morons i'm just saying like there's a hack (laughs) and this is can can i say that yeah you you can as you wish (laughs) i'm gonna go
0: ahead and say people who listen to ben shapiro (laughs) are morons go ahead
1: yeah yeah but but like but you know like it's a it's a skill that people do like you speak real fast people will not go like oh please slow down because I sound like I, I'm dumb and I can't absorb all of it. Like people won't say that. Uh, people will go like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they'll just start nodding and agreeing. And they'll say, and they'll make this connection of like, oh, because you're speaking fast, you must know what you're talking about. You must be right. I feel safe with you. Sure. Uh, yes. And, and you know, it, it
0: instills a, a leadership quality to the person. Exactly.
1: Especially if it's in an arena that these people are not uh, comfortable with. So to translate to board games, you know, if I'm if I'm exploiting a new player, I can go and talk about all these mechanics and strategies and speak real quick and be wrong. Like this happens in Avalon a lot, real, real you know, like like there's we, we have this meta which I'm coming up with a PowerPoint so, so everyone can see what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, and we, we, we speak it with so quickly about this meta that like, you know, there are times they go like, Oh no, no, that's not exactly true. But because you're on my team, I'm gonna let that go. You know, uh, you know, it's it's that speed. People people have only so big of a buffer that they can take in, and it takes a a developed person to go like, "Oh, I actually don't know." You're going to need to make yourself clearer. The reverse of that is slowing down. You are so what you're saying is so perfect, or not perfect, but like so uh, evidentiary that you can say it slow and people absorb it and go, "Oh, this is it." And because you're saying it so slow, obviously it's a fact, and I must, <laughs> I, I must accept this, even if it's wrong, <laughs> even if it's wrong. Yeah, it, it, it. Uh, uh, I mean, a
0: lot of this comes down to acting to a certain extent, right? I mean, these are these are sort of acting skills.
1: But but, but here, here's the thing, like you know, you could be doing all these stuff non-intentionally. It's just, you know, you've you've just chosen a way... Everyone has chosen a way to be in life. Right.
0: Everybody's doing this whether they want to or not. It's just a matter of, do you want to be in control of it?
1: Yes. Uh, You know, uh, uh, another thing you can really do uh, is just remove your filler words. You know, and, uh, blah, you know, like, that's a very simple thing to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the thing that really, uh, really, like, will always work, you know, uh, is... Be dispassionate about the fact that you are describing. I can say things like, Matt, the sky is blue. Gravity is 9.8 seconds per second per second. Fact. Democker is the most overrated game in our podcast. Fact. You know, I, you know, <laughs> all, 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 all these things. If you say it as if it were fact, people will accept it as fact. Or, those were, or those fact. were all facts though, right? all all the facts especially especially dmacher yeah, yeah okay cool cool got it uh but like you know but you often want to you know be passionate about you know what you're what you're saying but dispassionate about the material of what the, the tools of what you're using the your your facts make make even if it's not a fact make it sound like a fact
0: do you have any other tips for sociopaths i mean gamers
1: Well, we got we got two more like, you know, like uh, like, that's just sounding authoritative, you know, uh, know, like the other one is to sound trustworthy, Mm. you know, Uh, and ultimately the best way to sound trustworthy that I, I found like, you know, is to remove tension in your voice. Like, you know, we as as biological creatures have evolved to go like, oh, lying requires energy, energy requires work, work causes tension. Jealousy
0: leads to anger. Anger leads to hate.
1: I I made this thing for Sith Lords. I I mean so if you can just chill out and and you know not be tense about the things you're saying, uh it people will say you're trustworthy. Like, you know, uh you could also just, you know, at part of the acting you're talking, like be earnest. Like have this, like, you know, put yourself if you're gonna act. Put yourself in this position like you actually believe what you're uh, what you're saying, you know, like, hey, you need to do this, Matt. Otherwise, Tom is going to blah, blah, blah. Dimitri is going to blah, 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 whatever. You know the case Uh, that that type of earnestness builds trustworthiness. Mm -hmm. But here's the here's the thing that's really uh, the, the simplest thing that people may or may not really consider is like everything you say has subtext you know, for most people. So basically when I say, Matt, you know, you need to take this, uh, action or, or Jesse is going to blow up your thing. I can either say it like, Hey, you dummy do this. Or I could say, I have genuine concern for you, Matt, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and that tone that you use is going to be registered and, you know, and, 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 you know, acted upon That's, that, that, like, you know, for all of it, like so little of communication is actually verbal. So little of, uh, uh, of the things that influence people in the board game space is the actual words being said. It's basically, oh, I, I feel like you care about me and my position. Therefore, I will just trust what you're saying. Uh
0: I feel like I'm very susceptible to all of these things. I'm wildly easy to be manipulated at the table because um, I'm 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 I I don't enjoy being conscious about the things you're talking about.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. I think that's a big
0: difference in us. Is you you really enjoy being conscious of that, and I it's exhausting to me. I just want to enjoy the game and like oh
1: absolutely like the the way I'm describing.
0: But I, but but knowing you and 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 hearing these conversations and 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 the sniveler and the one we've had it has made me more aware of it. It's, I mean, it's very simple to be aware of it in Avalon because that's the whole game. Oh, sure. But the more you play Avalon, the more you start being aware of it in other games too. Like, I definitely like if I I I know that I can manipulate certain people at the table by acting really. Pissy about losing. Absolutely,
1: yeah, (laughs) I've seen that. I've seen it many times.
0: (laughs) And there's certain people who will feel bad if it seems like I'm having a crappy night because I'm losing. And I mean, like, I'm one of those
1: people, Matt. Matt, I'm one of those people.
0: You are. I, I can, I can totally because because you you worry for me sometimes. Um, but it's also like I genuinely am feeling that. But I'm also aware. I'm also aware that my feeling of that could probably get me a couple more points <laughs>
1: <laughs> no it, no it's it's true it's true you know it, it, it's, it's one of those things where like we're all in this ecology together like you know like we're doing everything like we are pissing each other's backyards we are we are building each other up it's all part of why i play board games right like i, I the game itself like is they're just mechanisms and you're you're it's an excuse to interact like this is this is the stuff that i i love like you know, watching people's like little ways of of dealing with this, like you know, is one of the reasons why I love watching Tom play because you know he he puts so much stock in his 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 uh his what you call it his uh soft skills yeah and uh and you know it and ultimately what generally happens is like uh when that ha- when it happens like there's a counter a backlash you know and then people like this you know like kind of like stop it and it's great but the last thing i was going to talk about is creating cons- consensus uh and this is basically um, people like to be uh doing things with other people like you know like the example oftentimes is like if you're in line and the first five people uh, for for coffee and the first five people have put a dollar tip in the tip jar you're more inclined to put a dollar tip in the tip jar uh right. because you know, this is what everyone's doing. Like, people have this fear of banishment, of being ostracized.
0: Right, it's tribalism.
1: Yeah, and so uh, and so, ultimately, the way you use this in board games is, like, you know, you uh, you create an enemy, which, you know, you have done in me so well. <laughs> uh, and basically say, oh, uh, you know, this person is going to beat us. We need to X, Y, and Z. You know, put that narrative out there. Uh, and And what happens is, like, people are more inclined to go like oh I gotta listen to because because we gotta fight against you know uh, elder elders winning we gotta like you know we gotta band against this person despite the fact that like you know and this used to be a very common tactic in our game group by one specific person it's basically they'd be in second place by design and then advocate attacking the person in front right you know and so people have oh I have no choice I have to get the person in front or they're gonna win that makes logical sense, and then the person in second place wins, right. not realizing that this whole time, this whole culture of like, oh, I'm always going to put myself in second and get these people to take out first, so I can win. Right. I mean, uh, so that which
0: is your favorite way to
1: play? Uh, I this is, this is this is untrue. This is untrue. Although I do have a Marco Polo example that uh, we played yesterday. That oh, tell me oh, oh this, you this. played the
0: original Marco Polo, not the uh, uh yeah on,
1: on, on bga and, and so some 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 context it was me uh alfred Trey David Gilson okay uh David is new to Al- uh, Marco Polo on bga so he is uh he's probably the 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 least experienced uh Alf. uh Alfred and Trey are much better Alfred, uh I believe has the highest rating and I Forever, for some, whatever reason, am not good at Marco Polo uh, on BGA. Anyway, so uh, we, we draft our, we draft our what you call it, uh, our, our players, and I get I'm first player, so I, I, I get stuck with uh, Nico and Marco Polo, widely regarded as the weakest people in you know uh, the, the weakest power in the game. Uh, uh, and so not being good at Marco Polo, weakest people you know so i i shift into not consciously because like once you get good that these are all habits i shift into uh, a tepid snivel game <laughs> i go oh i'm gonna lose oh you know you're doing so uh, you know uh and i'm and i'm constantly third place uh just because uh david is is still catching up and alfred is the clear favorite he has an extra die so he has an extra action he got a whole bunch of die earlier so um uh, it was very easy to create this consensus that Alfred was the person to beat. And right. now Alfred has his own counter narrative. And he goes like, it doesn't matter what you say, Paul, I'm never going to believe you right. because I, it's happened too many times he where, well, well, like he goes like, you know, out of nowhere, I don't see how you're going to win. And then I, I, and then you win. And then like, you know, I'm going, how that happened. And I go like, fair enough, fair enough. I, I Alfred has the, the cloak, like, you know, he can he can just ask me stuff sometimes and like he has the voice in Dune to me like don't do that fall please okay <laughs> but like but that anyway so uh, there comes this point in the fourth round second to last day, where Trey has the option of being uh, first player otherwise he's going to me otherwise oh, it's going to you got it okay yeah otherwise uh, Trey's uh, vying for second. Oh no, no, he's second, and he might be able to take Alfred out for first. And so uh it gets to his turn, and I go, Trey, if you don't take first player, the there's a possibility that Alfred will not uh be able to take a black die. And I say it, you know, authoritatively, slow, no filler words, uh, dispassionate about the fact. <laughs> I sound trustworthy because there's no tension in my voice and the subtext is, and, and this, is, this, is, this is the key, you know, you could win. I'm not going to win. Right. And, you know, and, and Trey's response was he looks at the board and he goes, that makes sense to me, Paul. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good soft skills.
1: Yeah. And, 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 you know, like I've done all, you know, all these, you know, I didn't know I was going to win, by the way. I was earnest. uh, But, like, you know, but I was able to uh and so trey doesn't take it i get first player i get my, an extra move at a cheaper cost and ultimately i win alfred is like he didn't say it but like i feel like it's like god damn it paul <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and,
1: and trey goes to be like make sure this is on the podcast <laughs> that's amazing but but you know but it's this thing where and, he, and here's the other thing that's really interesting is that We no matter how much you know about this, because like once again, I don't think this is new things. You're always vulnerable. You're always, you know, like if you if you aren't actively fighting against it, your default is to you know submit to like authority or trustworthiness or consensus, and you know, and it's 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 something that if you want to, you can exploit or defend against. You know, but I, I feel like it's something that. People should know. Uh, I love it. And, and, yeah, and, and the last thing is like the the if you're if you are going to like you know use this dark power you know or defense against the dark arts, also know that it this affects all of this affects table image. Like you know, like right? You well, that like, is
0: your now. It is your table image as you are the game breaker and the manipulator.
1: Yeah, uh, but at the same time, like you know, I'm much of a slow player as far as manipulator than some other people in our group who are, would be more, uh, more in your face here. I'm going to manipulate this person in this way, boom here. And it's done. And uh, the difference between my table image in, uh, and you know, some people's is that like, I'm, I'm dangerous, but I'm never going to lie to you. You know, whereas the person is like, "Oh, this person is deceptive," and to try to get me to win, and that hurts self. That you know, you might be able to do stuff in the short term, but it affects your table image because, like, "Oh, this person is um, is in it for themselves." It it damages their trustworthiness, right. and because it damages that trustworthiness, people will just do that. I- I'm going to go buy, t- go to Best Buy, and like, I'm not going to listen to you. Right. So, you know, yeah, you, know, also,
0: you know, like Tom definitely gets ganged up on a lot because of his table image. And um, yeah, there's certain people who we play differently about overall because of their tabled image. And that's, you know, maybe for better or for worse.
1: No, I mean, I I think I think we all are responsible for the ecology that we create. Right. And I think that uh, this is something that, you know, if you don't like what's happening in your group, I would suggest looking at this in, in the gameplay, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, because like chances are you're probably being maneuvered in a way that you haven't considered mm. or don't. Oh uh, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and and you may not be able to think like, Oh, this is what happened, but you know, like, uh, but maybe this, this will help. Like, you know, like I said, this is, should all be reminders. Like, you know, I, I hope that everyone like knows to not submit to authority blindly just because someone has created consensus and, says and sounds like, you know, like like the, the worst thing would be someone going the only you have to do this for me because I'm the only hope. Right. You know, uh not that to to draw any parallels to Anyway, IRL. vote for Biden.
0: <laughs> uh no matter but yeah, but, how you feel about him.
1: That's right. Anyway, but that's that, that's that's my my segment. Like you know, like I, I. Sorry if I ran long. It just seemed. No,
0: I love it. I love it. This is this is Paul distilled down to his crystalline form. Uh,
1: at, at, at which all you know, you'll get petitions. Like, can we just drop Paul? Because he's, no, he's he's. he's, he's...
0: Um, He's bumming me out. We have taught you how to murder, lie, uh, evade a uh, lie detector test, and um, become a complete sociopath. But hopefully, also enjoy your board game group just a little bit more. (laughs) Um, Paul, should we? uh, I think we have time for a couple of game sommeliers. You into it? Let's do it. it. All right, let's do it. Sometimes a player just got to know which game should stay. Which game should go? Which to play with Mama, my Madame, my my boo? you gotta tell me, monsieur, just what to do. Want to make an impression, but I can't get far. With my fiftieth play of Agricola. A million games, show me the way to the master, the game Somalier. All right, our first email is from Camden. Hello, Game Brain. I'm primarily a medium-heavy Euro player who has an interest in getting into cooperative dungeon crawlers and/or dice chalking 1v1 brawlers ideally something that is not a giant box when i heard about gloomhaven jaws the lion being released i thought that might be a good entry into the genre for me but when i got into the game i found the setup time and the stressful nature of the setup this is something that matt mentioned that he disliked about gloomhaven and other scenario based games in 8.6 made the game untenable for me and i traded it away can you recommend any games of this ilk that offer this sort of experience without the painful setup note my friend owns unmatched and we're planning on trying this out at our next safe and sane IRL meetup masks on the outside air masks on in the outside air would appreciate any other recommendations you could offer in the genre. Uh, my first recommendation would be too many bones here. Um, it's not cheap. It's very expensive. It is a rabbit hole that you can go down. It is potentially a lifestyle game and not just a game. But if you are looking for a dungeon crawler experience with minimal setup and huge depth um, to me, that's the golden standard. Paul, do you have any uh, co-op uh sort of dungeon divers that you remember liking?
1: Uh, which one is the one? I think the others? Is that the one with the... Uh, yeah, the others. Uh, that that's, that's more of a uh,
0: one versus many game. Um, sure. But, but interesting, but interesting for sure. Um, one versus I would one. also say Tainted Grail uh, is fun um, and uh, has the sort of seventh continent thing of instead of having to... Set up a million tiles. It's all done with a deck of cards, and the cards are build the board and location. Um, I would look into Tainted Grail: The Fall of Avalon. That is also very similar to Gloomhaven. Um, a little more uh, on the RPG side, a little less on the uh, the sort of tactic side. Um,
1: is Gloom is Gloomhaven one v one? Is there a- It's co
0: op, full co op.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, I think too many bones is definitely worth looking into. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to find a dungeon diver. That's not a big old box. I mean, I used to love claustrophobia. Claustrophobia is a really fun two person only game that is, you know, one person is one side, one person's the other. I mean, that's sort of the, uh, space Hulk kind of vibe. Um, but that's, that's really fun. I enjoy that as well. That's definitely got a dungeon dive scenario based vibe to it
1: weren't there some star wars when we were playing you know like uh it's
0: imperial assault yeah so then you've got yeah. imperial assault you've got the whole fantasy flight world of scenario based games which includes imperial assault and uh journeys in middle earth and descent um yep. yeah those are all great and, and 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 mansions of madness and journeys of middle earth i really like for the app, app of it all because it does reduce setup because the app tells you everything to do and it you know it sort of lays it out for you and you don't have to go through the rule book. So th- those are probably also worth looking into. Oh, again, all these games are giant boxes and very expensive. Um, so, but that's kind of the genre. There's not really, I mean, I look, un, look undaunted Normandy is a really fun scenario based combat game for two people. I would look into that. That's 20 bucks and a small box and an easy setup. It's a deck builder though, but it's, you know, it's not dungeons, but it's, you know,
1: t- battles. Yes. Yes. Uh, th- th- I think that would be my recommend according to what the, uh, the requirements are like totally undone. All
0: right, let's do one more. Uh, this is from Ben Breakstone. Hi, folks! I love the podcast. It's among the few I still make time for now that I'm not commuting every day. We appreciate that. I think it's a shame that you lost out to Wingspan for the best podcast of 2019 Goldie Geek Awards. That's very funny. The joke being that Wingspan won everything. Uh, Given the current gestures, broadly he wrote, I don't know what I'm going to be playing and when I'm going to be playing in person with my heavy gaming group again. As a result, I'm putting on hold any physical game purchases that won't get played with my better half, my solo quarantine companion. I'm hoping you. You might have some thoughts about games that might be a good fit for the two of us. Her tastes run to mid-weight games with a bit of strategic crunch that won't last more than a couple of hours. She very much enjoys Castle of Burgundy, Seven Wonders Duel, Oh My Goods, and Tarji. She played Pipeline once and enjoyed it, but found it a bit long. I've got Watergate queued up to play this week and have high hopes for it. My favorite are Brass, both versions, the aforementioned Pipeline and Forbidden Stars. Anachrony sits here sadly unplayed, purchased at just the wrong time. I love Innovation, which she's played a couple of times and enjoyed. I've been eyeing Concord which i've read is good for two given one of the smaller expansion maps what do you think other others i've been considering that are probably too long or great was trail pax premier second edition any thoughts on this topic would be appreciated keep on rocking in the free world ben breakstone paul you got any good uh sort of medium crunchy two-player games
1: well you know once again undaunted again because but, yeah. but i i, I, yeah, I like it. uh it's not medium length but like you know i would recommend santorini even though because like what you'll do is you'll, you'll play clusters of uh, you'll play you'll play one game and then like you know you'll play another and like maybe you'll play five games in 45 minutes or something right and uh it really because the powers are so asymmetrical and the combinations of powers are so uh what you call it uh causes a, a new meta each time yeah. i think you'll yeah. find that like uh it has a lot of longevity without a lot of investment in, in strategy yeah and so i think like you know it, it would fall on that level seven wonder duel bit mm-hmm. uh it, it's not an engine building anything right it's just it's basically an abstract game but like but in it like you'll find the things that you love about euros i think
0: uh yeah i think that's totally right um I would recommend Everdell. I, I really like Everdell. I think Everdell's really fun. I, have yet to play
1: it. I, I have think it's big, it?
0: man. It's 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 just a fun engine builder um and the theme is great and it's totally just like simple worker placement, super fun. Um I would highly recommend Everdell. Uh there's a large rabbit hole of expansions you can go down as well there. Um, Architects of the West Kingdom I think is a great from mm. The lighter side of medium weight game um, that I, I really enjoy. I think it's really fun. Um, Raiders they, would work too. Yeah, Raiders would work too. Base Lorenzo Il Magnifico is mm. is, is is not a heavy game. It's just straight medium and super enjoyable and fun and one of those games that will really reward lots of plays. And I don't think it's a long teach. It's like there's three dice. You place your 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 dice in the towers. Like you know, it, it's. I think it's a totally learnable game. It, it, the, one of its beautiful things is it's so simple. And yes, Concordia is fantastic. I think Concordia, though, um, is not is is heavier than a lot of people think. Um, and yeah, th- those lighter maps are uh, are great for two players. Uh, I forget what there's one that starts with the B Balerica or something like that. Um, but um, they're also pretty cutthroat. And uh, brutal because they're two-player maps and they're mean. Um, you really have to like, you know, it's a knife fight in a phone booth. Um, and, you
1: know, uh, Marco Polo. Actually, I think Marco Polo. uh yeah. is a good medium when I think of medium games.
0: Yeah, that's it's it's probably a step uh, after Lorenzo. Um, but but there, it's still you think it's Marco Polo's harder than Lorenzo. I I do purely oh. because of the um, the asymmetrical powers and. it it can it's also a tighter a much tighter game than lorenzo i think
1: really a two-player it's it's interesting because
0: like space marco polo is pretty tight like it's really hard to achieve your goals of moving around that map it's really hard and you can be punished by not having the right resources at the right time
1: yeah i'm the weirdo in our group who 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 has like oh marco polo it's good Um, but I, yeah, I would look at Garfield Games. I,
0: I think his the, his whole uh, stable of games there, you know, with, Arch- with the West Kingdom and North Sea, and all those games are, are really great uh, at two, and also really great, um, just you know, medium, but a little bit more on the relaxing side of uh, crunchy euros. Well, Paul, we made it. Uh,
1: we made my, it. Like uh, my
0: first episode back as host. Go ahead and grade me. How did I do?
1: Like you know, uh, obviously you're a ten out of a number,
0: right? Of a thousand, <laughs> ten out of a thousand. I'm fine with that. I can live with that. It's a, no, I'm like, a work in progress. I'm I'm never gonna fill Tom's shoes, but I'm gonna try.
1: Yeah, no. Like he he basically, you know, like like through machination gave you syphilis, and now you're you're on. Your <laughs> That's it. He crusader kinged me. Yeah, he crusader kinged you exactly.
0: Um, well, it, it was a pleasure spending uh, an hour forty four minutes with you, Paul. As always, I love you dearly, and I enjoy our time together.
1: Ditto, ditto. Like you know, and I hope I didn't sound too, you know, Voldemort.
0: No, no, it was much more like board games with data from Star Trek. But, but it, <laughs> it would be fantastic. It, I wouldn't have asked for anything else. Um, that's it for me, um, Paul. Thank you so much. As always, Tom will be back next week. I. Th- I think he's got Elder on, if I remember correctly. I think it's Tom and Elder, and I don't remember what they're reviewing, but I'm sure it's gonna be oh, maybe New Amsterdam. That would be interesting.
1: Oh uh, yes, he wanted to do that. Elder wanted yeah, to do that yeah.
0: I would be I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is. Anyway you've been listening to game brain produced and edited by matthew robinson and tom donnelly the music stop i'm gonna start it again there we go uh special <laughs> thanks to daedalus. We'll work in progress special thanks daily for our incredible music you might know him as alfred on the show more on daedalus at gamebrainpod.com and that's where you can find out everything about us as well as all of our episodes are there for listening you can reach us by email at contact at gamebrainpod.com twitter is gamebrain underscore pod instagram at gamebrainpod thanks for listening and go play some games with friends online or virtually make some friends with games.
1: Nailed it. We did it. We did it. Yeah.